This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. All right, guys, let's uh, come together. Uh, welcome to Anchor Church. My name is Chris Amaro. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, today, uh, well, hey, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I know I had a great Thanksgiving, ate a ton of food, and immediately regretted it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I tortured myself. I ate so much, I like literally passed out on an uncomfortable uh, seat. I went, I went down. It didn't matter if it was comfortable or not. I was going down. But anyway, today we're going to finish up our Mystery of the Gathering series. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, planting more mysterious gatherings, right? And I wore this sh- shirt not because I'm lazy, just rolled out of bed. I, rolled it, I wore it as a, a visible representation that we're an anchor, uh, Acts 29 church. And Acts 29, if you don't know it, it's a church planting network that plants more churches all over the world, right? We plant churches worldwide. You see the Acts 29 right here. I feel cool. I'm part of the club now. <laughs> but uh, at, at, uh, Anchor, at Anchor Church, we want to plant more churches. And uh, I want to share with you guys just a little bit about my, uh, just kind of my, uh, my history, kind of with the church, how I got here to Anchor, how I started church planting. When I was uh, 15 years old, I got saved at a Young Life camp in Northern California. And immediately I got pl- uh, plugged into a church, First Presbyterian Church in Casa Grande, Arizona. Had a great experience there. Uh, ended up, after graduating high school, coming up to Mesa to start doing Young Life. I went to ASU for those four years. And while I was doing uh, Young Life, I was, you know, I was working on my, uh, my degree. I got a prestigious degree of highest honor, a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology at ASU, right? All right. <laughs> no, I hope you get that that's a joke. I, got, I literally took the easiest degree I could possibly find because I knew I wanted to go into ministry. So, right? so I, I got my uh, sociology degree. I started doing Young Life. And uh, at the time, I was going to East Valley Bible Church, which is now Redemption Gilbert. And, uh, and I loved it there and had a great experience. And, and as I was doing ministry... I was just, it, it was some heavy, heavy ministry stuff that I was not qualified to be dealing with. D- domestic violence stuff, I came into some of those situations. Uh, families losing, losing their apartments, kind of hopping. I, I moved a lot of people in a, from apartment to apartment. Uh, drug abuse. Uh, during the, the SB 1070, I, I dealt with a lot of families who were who were split up, parents who were actually deported back to Mexico, and their kids were here. So I was just dealing with some heavy stuff. And I, I was at East Valley Bible Church, Redemption Gilbert, and I was just sharing with the guys kind of what I was going through. I was building relationships with some of the pastors there, and I knew I needed a church. And when, when I started kind of talking to them about it, Tyler Johnson, who is one of the executive pastors at, at Redemption, uh, started talking to me about church planning. And immediately I was like, no way. No way, you know. I'm just a youth guy, all right? I'm just a youth guy. And uh, it's funny that I say that because now I'm a youth guy again, right? <laughs> but, 
but I, my, my think, I had some misconceptions about the church, and that's the reason why I said that. And, and one of the things that I, a misconception I had was that pastors were like up here, like pastors are like the, the varsity level, right? And youth guys are like a freshman team, right? You only made it because they didn't have enough people. <laughs> that's why I, I thought, you know, and, and so I had this crazy high view of pastors. Now that I'm a pastor, I don't have that view anymore, <laughs> Right? Uh, I don't even like most pastors, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. But anyway, I had too high a view of pastors. I thought, no way I could be that, right? And uh, another, uh, another misconception I have had was, I remember sitting down with Tyler, and he was interviewing a pastor who'd, who'd come to, come to check out uh, East Valley Bible Church at the time, and, and he was trying to tell them how great East Valley was, and and he, he set me up with a softball question that I was supposed to, to knock it out the park. And he said, hey, Chris, why don't you tell him, why do people come to East Valley Bible Church? And I was like, the building, the facilities are pretty nice here. Right? And Tyler's like, no, 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 that's not what it is. It's because of Tom's preaching. Right? So, I, so I whiffed on that one. But, uh, but I, I really believed that. Right? I had this misconception that the church is about a, bu- a building having a big building, fancy facilities, right? Youth rooms and, and, and cafeterias and all that stuff. And that stuff's nice, but that's not what the church is about. Another thing is, is uh, I, I, I couldn't imagine myself being a pastor because I, I thought of it as the Sunday service, right? I just thought it's a guy that gets up there, he preaches the word and everyone just comes to hear him. Like that's, that's what the church is all about, right? Like gathering a crowd around one guy in his platform, and he's going to get a big church, and he's going to start, you know, going on the, the conference tour, preaching at all the conferences. He's going to write a book. He's going to be, uh, have a podcast and a, a ton of followers, and I wasn't interested in that at all. Right? I, I just was not interested, and so what happened is Tyler started uh, pouring into some of us guys and talking to us about uh, one of the things I learned was the biblical meta narrative, the, the biblical story, and, and how the, uh, the mission of God ties in, uh, and, and, and how the church is on mission, and it's God's people, and, and, and like how God uses the church to, to spread the word and make disciples. And as I, I began to understand that, I was like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I've been trying to do, right? But I had all these misconceptions. And, and so when I I've truly understood what, what the church is, it, it made me excited to want to, want to, want to get on board. And, and so in about 2000, in 2010, I came on staff, East Valley Bible Church, and they quickly transitioned to Redemption. And I began a church plant in West Mesa, Redemption, West Mesa. And, uh, you know, I led, I led that church for 11 years, successful church plant, one of the, one of the best experiences of my life. It was very hard, but um, when I think back, and I'm really, like, it brings me a sense of joy to even, like, I I stalked them on Instagram, don't tell them. (laughs) So I kind of look back, and I see, oh, wow, they're doing good. They're flourishing. People are still meeting Jesus, and, uh, you know, they're serving the community. So it feels really good. I spent 22 years in that community, and, 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 uh, and that church is flourishing. All right, so today I want to talk to you guys. The big idea I want to talk about is together we display the wisdom of God. Together we display the wisdom of God. And, and we're talking about the church, 
right? And this is something that we do together. We have to be together. We have to gather. We have to be in community, and we have to be on mission together. And when we do that, we're going to display the wisdom of God to the world. But maybe you have misconceptions like I had, right? We all, we all have them, right? Maybe you're, you have some of these misconceptions. Maybe you think it's about a building or a facility. It's hard to have that misconception here at Anchor Church when we're sitting in elementary school. But maybe you think that's the end point, right? And, and that's a misconception. That's not the goal of the church, big buildings. The church is the people, right? Not the building. Maybe you think it's money, right? They just, you just they come to the church and all they do is they want your money, and that's a misconception as well. Uh, maybe think about the Sunday service or the pastor's platform. And if you, uh, one of the things I, I really appreciate about Jason here is you see that he's not trying to build a platform for himself, right? He shares, he shares uh, the pulpit with people. I've heard uh, other narcissistic uh, pastors talk about their pulpit being, letting other pastors come into their pulpit is like letting them take their wife on a date. And, and that, you know, that's crazy, right? That's wrong. So it's not, about the, it's not about any of these things. It's not about us pastors. It's, 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 about, it's about this mysterious gathering and what God is going to do through his mysterious gathering. And so we've been going, and so that's what we've been trying to do these last uh, few weeks is we've been trying to break down some of those misconceptions and, and help us to understand what, why do we gather? What is, this, what is this mysterious gathering? And so quick recap, week one, Jason talked about, uh, about worship. He opened up Revelations chapter five and, and talked about the Lamb of God who's, who was slain and this Lamb of God who's worthy of worship. So the, one of the main reasons why we gather is we gather to worship the Lord, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, who, who gave his life for us. And we learned that the Southern, so the Sunday gathering is not about me, it's about worshiping Jesus. And then week two, uh, Jason uh, opened up Ephesians chapter two and talked about how God is uniting us as members of his household, that, that God is taking uh, us and making one new man, right? He's uniting us, he's making a family. And we're, we're, we have this deep bond Deeper, it's a blood bond, right? It's like this literally, literal family bond where we're, we're united by the blood of Jesus, right? So he, he gathers us for, for community and for oneness. And then last week, I thought Tyler did an excellent, excellent job. He, he opened up Acts 2.42, and he talked about the, the early church and how, it, how after Jesus ascends back into heaven, there's 122 followers, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and they begin preaching the gospel, and 3,000 people are added to their number, right, on the first day of Pentecost. And, and it becomes this, this amazing kind of explosive movement that happens, and they begin eating together and breaking bread and fellowshipping, and, and they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. And, and, and really, the, the thing he centered in on is on the love of the community, right? And that love requires losing and and there was a lot of love that was happening in that community. And they're, they're sharing and they're selling off stuff. And, and, and he, we had this, that great video, if you remember, of, of the turtles coming together to flip over their buddy who, had, who was, uh, was drowning, right, upside down in the water. But, that, but these, are the, these are pictures of the church, right? And so it's about love and it's about supporting one another. We, we live in a broken world and we need other people, right? We need help. And so today we're going to talk about planning more mysterious gatherings. 
Anchor wants to plant more mysterious gatherings. We want to be faithful to, uh, to God's mission uh, in the world, right? And, that, and we believe that we do it together. We've got to do it together. We're gonna do, it's not going to be just... Tyler, uh, it's not going to be just us pastors. It's all of us together. We're going to display the wisdom of, the, uh, of God. We're going to plant churches. And I think uh, we're going to look at Ephesians 3. So if you want to open up to Ephesians 3, we're going to go 1 through 11. And this is going to help us better to understand what I'm talking about when I talk about wisdom of God. All right? So let's, uh, let me read it to you. Ephesians 3.1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard about the administration of God's grace that he gave me for you, the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. By reading this, you are able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to people in other generations, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, the least of the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his eternal purpose, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right? Remember, I want you to especially hear that verse 10. This is so God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. All right, so here we are. We're reading this uh, Ephesians 3. This is, we're told it's written by Paul. He calls himself a prisoner for Christ. And so it's important to understand Paul's story, right? How did he get in prison? Who is this guy? Well, Paul went from actually, he went from persecuting the church to planting churches. And that's why he writes this because He's telling us about uh, the mission of God, this mystery that was revealed to him, that led him to transform, that transformed his life and led him to plant churches. So basically, if you don't know anything about Paul, you can go read in the book of Acts. But the first time we hear about Paul is is at at, at the stoning of Stephen. So there was this young leader in the church. Right? If, we, if we pick up from when Tyler was talking about, right, all the people get saved, 3,000 people are added to their number, all the church is flourishing, people sharing the gospel everywhere. And there was this guy, Paul. Paul was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were, very, if you go read the gospels, they did not like Jesus. So they're always arguing with Jesus. Uh, they, they, uh, they don't believe he's the Messiah. And, and basically what happens is, after, after, and they're part of the group that has Jesus crucified, right? And so after, they, after Jesus is dead, they think, all right, great, this, is, this thing's done, right? We can like, kind of move on now, now, now that this fuss is all over, 
But, but that doesn't happen, right? After Jesus uh, raises from the grave and ascends back into heaven, now all these people are, the gospel is like spreading like crazy. And, and Paul, I got to imagine, he's very frustrated, right? Now here's this guy, Stephen, he's proclaiming the gospel after we've told him repeatedly to stop. And Stephen gets killed that day. And, and we're told that Paul is there giving approval. And he's breathing murderous threats against the church. He literally has this guy killed for preaching the gospel. And so after that, the whole church spreads. They, they, they rush out of town because Paul and, and his, you know, his thugs are going around. They're, they're locking people up, putting people in jail. And so as people are scattering, Paul decides to get permission to go pursue people to continue locking them up. He wants to put an end to Christianity. He wants to stop this movement. But on that road, on that road to Damascus, he's blinded. A great light comes from heaven. He hears the voice from heaven. And to make a long story short, Jesus Christ shows up to him. Jesus saves him and, and transforms his life. And so the resurrected Christ, right, transforms him. And he goes from planting or from persecuting the church to planting multiple churches throughout uh, the, the Mediterranean and Asia at that time. And uh, I was trying to look up how many p- churches did he plant. I saw some people saying 14, some people saying up to 20. No matter what, it was a lot of churches, right? And so he was planting churches. He'd go to an area, raise a, plant a church, raise up leaders, and then leave to go plant another church. And then those churches would, would, plant, would go and raise up leaders and plant other churches. And that's how we get here today. That's how we stand here in Gilbert, Arizona, as a church, because God's people have been faithful to plant churches and, and, and spread the gospel throughout the world. And, and so I want to think about this. That he talks about this mysterious gospel that was revealed. This mysterious gospel is what transformed him. And this, he, he, he calls himself the least of all the saints. And he knows that he actually was persecuting God, right? He was persecuting Jesus when he was persecuting his people. And, and, and so think about that. The even to have on his conscience was, was murder, right? That he was splitting families apart. And so I, I imagine him carrying a lot of guilt. Uh, and a lot of shame as, as he realizes what he has done. But then God still chooses him. God calls him, and God loves him, and God forgives him and, and redeems him. Imagine the weight that is lifted off of him, the, the least of all the apostles, right? And, and, and I think that, that grace and that mercy, that the joy he received from knowing Christ, is what moved him. It transformed his life. He was so, so transformed that he couldn't help but share the gospel. He couldn't help. He was, he was compelled to share the gospel because he had so much joy and love. Imagine, I mean, just how happier, how much happier he was. He was frustrated at the church. And then he meets Jesus, and now he's like, whoa, this is awesome. Look at what God's doing, right? He's just even happier. And, and that leads him to, to go from city to city, and, and he suffers a lot, and he's, he's beaten. 
he, he gets beaten uh, multiple times to the point of uh, being near death. And he scrapes himself up and, and gets up and keeps preaching. Right? And it was the gospel. This mysterious gospel that he's talking about that transformed him. And so you got to, one of the things, so what is this mysterious gospel? He, he reveals it in Ephesians 3, 6. He says that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise of Christ through the gospel. All right? So, so he's saying, hey, that God is bringing, through Christ Jesus, that God is bringing Jew and Gentile together. And if you don't know what a Gentile is, it's a weird biblical word. Basically, the, the Gentiles are everyone else, right? Jews, Gentiles is everyone else, right? God's bringing all tribes, tongue, and nations together in the church, right? And it, it, through Christ Jesus. Now, these were things that were, uh, that the prophets had spoken of. The prophets had spoken of, you know, even the Pharisees knew that one day that there would be a future Savior that would come. Right? The, the prophets had predicted this, and, and, and God's people were waiting. They also knew by, through Abraham that, that, uh, that, the, that the Jews were blessed to be a blessing to the nation. So these are some ideas that were already out there. But what, what was the mystery was how God was going to do those things. How was God going to bring Jew and Gentile together? How was God going to... to, to bring salvation to the earth, it's, it's through Jesus. They, they just didn't know the means by which uh, this salvation would come through Jesus. And, and, and that's, I think that's a big reason why uh, the Pharisees and, and other religious folks rejected Jesus. Because they were expecting that when the Savior came, that he would come and lead a revolution. Right? They're expecting him to come with swords in his hands and, and, and fight and, and overthrow Rome and, and restore uh, Israel to its former glory. But Jesus didn't come that way. Right? Jesus came as a suffering servant. He came not with swords in his hands. He came with nails in his hands. Right? He came to give himself, to actually uh, be the suffering servant. He humbles himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And, and I, that's a big reason why they rejected him. Who is this guy that's here and he's humble and he's hanging out with, with sinners? Doesn't he know who those people are? Why would he hang out with them when we're the good people, those religious folks thought, right? So, so the, the mystery the, that blew everyone's mind was the means by which Jesus was going to bring people together. Right, that he would come and die. And, 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 the, and the good news is death couldn't hold him. Right? Three days later, he, he rises from the grave and, and, and he fulfills all these Old Testament promises that were pointing forward to Jesus. And so that's one of the, the, the cool things about Christianity is that, uh, that it's like this, there is no temple anymore. Right? There's no central hub of Christianity. Like, if you thought, like, where do Christians go? Where's our, where's our temple? We don't have a temple because God's people are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? And so the, the, the God, the gospel spreads out through the world, through all of God's people. This mysterious, uh, this mysterious gospel that was made known to Paul spreads out to the world as God's people spread the good news 
wherever, wherever God has them. And together, God's people, through the church, we display the wisdom of God. We do that together. And, and that's all I want to read 3.10 again. It says, so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heaven. Right? God's wisdom is multifaceted like, like a, a diamond. If you ever looked at a diamond, you see the, the cuts and you see how the light, how the light shines. Right? This is God's wisdom. It's, it's beautiful. It's precious. And the church is like the ring right, that holds that, then displays that wisdom to the world, right? We're the ring. He is the diamond. And we do that as we do it together. And, and, it's, and so the church is God's primary instrument for spreading the gospel throughout the world, right? That, uh, the church isn't about a pastor's platform, right? It's not about a building. It's not about pro, what kind of programs we have to offer. It's, it's not about us, right? It's about the wisdom of God shining to the world through God's people as we do life together, as we share the gospel when we go out into the world. And you got to think, I just, I just started, I was thinking a lot about this. Why would God choose the church? God could have done this anyway, right? He could have sent angels down. He could, you know, God, he could have come himself or he could have ended it all right there and just said, hey, we're done, saved his people. And, but, but God has chosen to leave us here, like his people here on earth for this set uh, amount of time, right? Because God's people were here for, for a season, right? We're, 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 in this unique we're in this unique period of, of human history where we can look back to what Jesus has done but we also look forward to what he's going to do, right? And he's left us here with a, a, a mission for a purpose because God has more saving to do. He could have just wrapped it all up after Jesus rose from the grave, saved the 3,000, and it's over. But he didn't end it there, right? Because he had a plan for his church to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, right? That's why he says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. That's why he says, you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's why he says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Right? That's why he calls us ambassadors. Right? Because God's left us here on this earth to shine his wisdom out to the world and and then you ask, why the church? We're so messed up, right? We're, we're not that smart. We got a lot of issues, right? We've made a lot of mistakes. Even pastors, right? They're, they're falling out of ministry. They're, they're doing shady stuff. But God's chosen to use the church, right? He gives us dignity. He gives us worth and value. He, he gives us a purpose in life. Imagine if we were just life was just all about yourself. We would get pretty bored pretty quick. Right? God's given us something to do, something important to do. And, that, and I, I think that's, that's why we plant churches. That's why we plant churches. And I just thought, I want to read this to, first to you, 1 Corinthians 1.27. Why, why use the church? Uh, it says here, 1 Corinthians 1.27, God has chosen what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. 
And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something. I think God's chosen to use the church because he gets all the credit. He gets all the glory, right? People aren't looking at the church like, oh man, I'm going to worship the church because they're so great, right? They're looking at the church and man, those people are, are pretty messed up. But look, God loves them and they love each other and they love me, right? And, and that's something that's powerful. A bunch of people who are flawed and have made a lot of mistakes in their past and, and God still loves them. And look at how they love their kids and love their wives and their husbands and, and, and how hard they work at work. They're displaying the, the wisdom of God in the world. That's why God uses the church. And so together we display the wisdom of God. We do it together. We can't do it alone, right? And so, so I want to ask you this. What, is, what does this mean for us? Like, so what? Like, how do we really live this out? How do, we, how do we take this from just being like something that's interesting to listen to on Sunday to living out Monday through Saturday? And so I want to give you a, a couple ways that we can really live this out. Uh, the first one is our, our, our church, I don't know, we call it a motto or our, our vision for the year was that we, we uh, it was all in, right? We got the shirts in the back. If you don't have one, make sure you get one. Uh, but if we're going to really live this out, right, if we together are going to display this manifold wisdom of God to the world, we have to be all in. And that, that's our, one of our, uh, our value statements as a church is to be purposely biblical, right? And so if we're going to live this out, we're going to be biblical. We're going to live according to what the Bible says. We're going to live it out in our lives. And and so I got a few things that ways that we can live it out because one of the ways is to actually be able to plant more churches so that more people can hear the gospel is we have to build up Anchor Church, right? We have to build up Anchor Church. We want to build up Anchor Church and raise up leaders and make disciples and have new people meet Jesus so that, so that we can plant more churches. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I've, I've seen here is I've done, children, I've done Anchor Kids two weeks since I've been here. I, I jumped in and I started serving there. And it's been great. Uh, I love the kids. The kids are super cute and a lot of fun. But what, one of the things I've noticed is I, that there's, there's some people that are serving every week. They're serving literally every week. Maybe they get to a service once, once a month, uh, sometimes not even that. And that, that's a problem, right? Like, anchor, our children are very important, and our volunteers are very important. And, and so I'm, I'm concerned that, that we, we have these amazing volunteers and that we burn them out. We need people to be all in and step in to be on, in our anchor kids. So especially if you have kids, we, we need you to get, and, and, the, and the great thing is you can get in there literally once a month. It's once a month. They do everything for you. It's all set up for you, and you get to go in there and, and, and read the Bible, play some games, do a craft with some kids, and, 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 it's, and it's a blessing, right? And so we'll take care, of, take care of our other church family, right? 
We have to do this together. And, and Anchor Kids is not childcare. It's something important. If we're going to build up Anchor Church, especially as we're, being, as we're in Gilbert, uh, we got families in Gilbert. And families want to know that when they bring their kids that they're going to that they're going to have a, a, a good ministry, that their kids are going to enjoy it, right? And so, so we need to have that. We need to have more people. And so I'd encourage you to, today, right? Like if you're not serving in there, talk to Jessica, talk to John, talk to me, and let's get you in there. And if you're nervous, you're scared, I'll come and, and help you. I'll, I'll, I'll walk through it with you. I'll help you come up with the craft. I mean, it, it, it just takes a little bit of time, and, and you can have a great time in there. All right, we got to build up our, our anchor children's. Another thing uh, to be all in is uh, we're right now as we're coming up to the end of the year, Anchor Church is about negative twenty thousand dollars. So we need you to give, right? If you're already giving, thank you so much. You know, may, maybe you can decide to be, be, maybe you can look at your budget and, and give a little bit more. But if if you're part of Anchor Church family, if you call this your home and you're not giving. You have to give, right? Well, church isn't about money, but, but there's bills to pay, right? So we need everyone to be all in. If you're not giving, you have to start giving. Maybe you don't know, well, where do I start? 10% is a good baseline, right? Go online, set up your giving, and uh, that's very important, right? Uh, another thing is I want to just encourage you to, to, to live in community, right? We're going to start anchor... anchor uh, Anchor uh, communities in the, in the new year, get involved in that. Get in an anchor huddle. Uh, um, attend regularly. This is very important to attend, be a part. You know, we, we have to be together, right, if we're going to do this together. And I, the last thing I think a really important thing is uh, we're living in a post-Christian age, right? We're not living in a Christian culture, Christian society. And on Sunday mornings, go look at your friends' posts that don't know Jesus. And what are they doing, right? They're sleeping in. They're going to the lake. They're, they're going camping. They're going, right? They're, they're out. They have Sunday fun day, right? They're not going to come to the church. They don't wake up and be like, oh, let me go drag my kids kicking and screaming out to take them to church. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what they're going to do. The only way unbelievers are going to get here is if you invite them, right? And it's going to be more than just invite. You don't just hand them a flyer and say, hey, come to church. You're going to have to pour into their lives. You're going to have to get to know them. You're going to have to invite them over for dinner. You're going to have to go out to lunch with them. You're going to have to love them and get to know them and invite them to become part of the family, right? They're only coming if we go out there and invite them in. It's very important. All in at Anchor is going to be inviting people, reaching out to people, right? Living out, being, the, being the, those people that display the, the wisdom of God. Number two is uh, the other so what is we have to have a big C view of the church. This is our relentlessly outward value. Uh, so one of the things we, you have to know is the church is not about, just about Anchor. We want to plant other churches. And uh, Ed and Maggie are coming here early, uh, 
first quarter of 2023, and they're going to come in here. They're going to be part of, of the Anchor family. They're going to get connected. They're going to, you know, Ed's got to get a job, and we need to be praying for them. That's a huge transition to move from Pennsylvania to here. I, I know how hard it is. I moved from West Mesa to East Mesa, and that was hard. <laughs> so, but we got to pray for them. But we also have to know that one day, and prepare our hearts, that one day, they will go off and they'll plant a church. And loving requires losing, right? It'll feel like a loss, but it'll be a gain in the kingdom. We'll send them off, and some of you may go with them on that church plant, right? And so we have to build up anchor so that we have people to send, so we have resources to send, so that we can, so we can help them get off to a, to a great start and, and make an impact and in, 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 in Chandler is where they're pr- pr- uh, planning to go to. All right. So have a big sea view. And together we're going to display the wisdom of God. Um, ben, you want to, you guys can come on up. I'm going to wrap up here, but um, we have to do this together. Right. I hope that today you might feel, uh, you might feel moved in your heart to really want to be a part of that mission, to be a part of God's plan in the world. That you might want to have that experience of uh, that I, I get uh, that I got to experience where I get to look back and see what God has done at, at Redemption West Mesa. That maybe we might be able to have that same experience, right? When we look at you know uh, other churches we might plant. And uh, I just want you to imagine, you know, imagine our impact. Imagine the impact we could have in this world. Imagine. Even think about this, your friends and family, right? We all have loved ones that don't know Jesus. And we don't know the day or the hour that Jesus will return, right? We don't know, we don't know how, how much time we have. And, and we don't want any of our, our family to go uh, to, we don't want this th- Jesus to come back without our family knowing Jesus, without our loved ones knowing Jesus. And we have to proclaim the gospel to them. And imagine the baptisms we might, might get to see, the joy of, of seeing one of, your, one of your friends or family members be baptized. Imagine the joy that we would get to, to see more people hearing about Jesus. Imagine the joy that we would get by seeing other leaders raised up, other young leaders stepping up and, and coming in, in, into leadership and the pulpit, making disciples. I mean, that, that's what life is all about. Life is all, that's why Jesus has left us on this earth, right? Not for more vacations or, or so I can have more stuff, even all that stuff's great, but he's left us here to display this mysterious gospel to the world. And so, so I, I pray that we can be a part of it. Let me, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I, I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, do a work in our heart, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remove our idols, Lord Jesus, that just want to live life for ourselves. Remove our idols that make us want to think life is just about us in our comforts, Lord. And I pray that you'd put into us a a passion, Lord, to see your gospel go into this world, to see churches planted, to see the gospel planted, and to see lives transformed, Lord. Would you use us at Anchor Church? Would you do an amazing work in us and through us. In Jesus' name.
really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.